Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 7 Adjusting It took several hours before Katie could turn back into human form. Jackson had repeatedly told her she would eventually be able to control the changes being made to her body. Regardless of what he said, an overwhelming feeling of relief washed over her when she turned back into human form. She had been unable to turn the water off in the shower or close the windows in her bedroom. In wolf form, she was so large she couldn't turn around in the bathroom. She actually had to back out to get out of the bathroom. When she lay down on her bed, it collapsed under her weight. Just exactly what every teenage girl needed. Jackson was her lifeline to reality. Or, rather, her lifeline to the Twilight Zone. She hadn't decided which one. After all, she met him in her dreams, and now she's turned into a huge white wolf. She hears a voice in her head, and she follows his instructions to the letter, because he seems to know what the heck is going on. She could hear him chuckling now in her thoughts. I'm glad you're enjoying this, she told him irritably. His chuckle kept ringing in her ears as she drifted off to sleep. The next morning was Friday. She thought about the two tests she was supposed to take that day. The thought made her cringe. Going to school was not an option. She would just have to make them up another time. Now she had to control the inner beast raging inside of her. No pun intended. Jackson tried to explain to her the mechanics of changing. When she felt the heat rising from her belly, she was on the verge of turning into a wolf. Her emotions helped the process along. If she was angry, the heat would come quickly. On the flip side, when she felt the cold seeping into her pores, she would change into human form. Emotions were tied to the cold as well, he explained. Sadness or hurt was a human emotion. Therefore, it would help her turn into a human form. From Katie's perspective, there was no control. She started feeling hot, and before she could even register the heat, bam, she changed into a wolf. As a wolf, she concentrated so hard on the word cold, her body temperature actually increased. To her frustration, she was a wolf longer than she was human. Jackson seemed to think it was because she hadn't accepted being a wolf. Her only thought to that was, who in her right mind would accept being a wolf. The phone began ringing around 4.30 p.m. Each time it would ring, Katie would listen to the messages of her two friends. They knew she was in the house and not picking up. They probably think I'm sulking, she mused. She knew eventually she would call them back. But for now, the only person she needed was Jackson. Katie's mother's itinerary was posted in great detail on the scratch pad held by a magnet on the refrigerator door. 
When she called her mother, Katie always made sure her mom couldn't actually answer the phone. She would leave messages telling her mother everything was fine. She made sure to mention she was feeling ill to try and explain her absence from school. Do you realize I still know nothing about you? Katie asked, relaxing on the couch in the living room, its new leather smell filling the room. It was a Friday night. A whole week had passed since she had first turned into a wolf. She did not return to school, but eventually answered Sam's call. Her friends started calling every hour. With each call, her voice sounded more frantic than the last. Katie was afraid if she didn't call back, she would call the police. Or worse, her mother. She explained she wasn't feeling very well. When Sam started asking questions, she quickly ended the call. She was on the verge of falling asleep when Jackson finally answered, You know me well enough. No, I don't know who you are. Where you're from? Her thoughts drifted off. Jackson took so long in responding, she thought he had left her. I don't want you to know who I am, came the soft reply. Why? Jackson sighed. I would just like to prolong the inevitable. What is inevitable? You hating me. Jackson, I will never hate you. Jackson sighed again. You will, Katherine Johnson. You will. Don't you know how much you've helped me? Katie's voice rang through the empty room as she gave voice to the thoughts in her head. I will never forget the kindness you have shown me. Never. Jackson was silent for several moments. Katie, a knock sounded on the door. Distracted, Katie turned to see Sam's face in the window peering into the room. I know you're in there, Katie Johnson. I can see you. Open this door. Don't let them in, came Jackson's swift reply in her thoughts. I can't pretend I don't see them or they me. You're right. I just... Jackson paused in mid-sentence. I would just like to keep the world at bay for a little longer. I know. Katie got up to let her friends in. She opened the door with a flourish. A smile pasted on her face. Hi, guys. Sam and Lizzie barged into the room. We brought peace offerings, Sam said with a smile. She was holding a big box of pizza, and Lizzie held up a stack of DVD movies. Pepperoni pizza and about ten hours of chick flicks. We are spending the night, Lizzie announced. If you don't like it, well, too bad. Katie heard Jackson's soft groan in her head and couldn't help smiling. Hey, I like the new look, Sam said, referring to the living room. Your mom really knows how to blend colors. Katie slowly began relaxing with her friends as they caught her up on everything she missed in school. She was aware Jackson was listening into the conversation and was glad he didn't make any comments to distract her. The only question he asked was, Which one of your friends is directly related to Elizabeth Hawk? This seemed rather odd. Everyone knew Lizzie was related to old Elizabeth, so she passed on the information. She laughed good-naturedly as Sam described her new crusade. Since Sam was one of the best dancers on the dance team, she believed she had enough clout to push her skimpy outfits idea. 
The team needed to wear more appropriate clothing than they had worn in previous years. There were some really nice dance outfits, more appropriate to wear. She described the dance coach's reaction to her views. Sam brought from her bag three hot pink T-shirts that had "Modest is Hottest" emblazed on the front. Katie good-naturedly put on the T-shirt. She carefully averted her eyes from Sam and Lizzie changing, aware Jackson was still watching through her eyes. Stuffed with pizza, they were still laughing over the comedy romance they had just watched. When Sam made a point to turn off the TV, "What's going on, Katie?" Just because she wasn't surprised, didn't mean she had a ready answer. Katie looked down at her hands as quiet descended into the living room. Sam sat down beside Katie and put an arm around her shoulders. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. I'm sorry if I was too hard on you after the basketball game. Katie looked at her best friend, tears welling into her eyes. Yet she still couldn't put into words her plight. Don't tell them. Jackson had been so quiet. Katie had almost forgotten he was there. Why? Jackson's pause was weighted. Just don't tell them, please. They are my friends. I have never kept anything from them. She replied back with her thoughts. Katie's attention was brought back into the room when she heard Sam apologize again. David told me I was too harsh. I should have taken his advice and come right over. Instead, I waited a few days. I just thought it would be better if I waited till both of us cooled down. Oh, great! David was close enough to hear. Who's David? The question came immediately from Jackson. Katie rubbed her temple, getting a little mixed up with two conversations going on at the same time. Let's not go there, okay? Was her abrupt thought. She was grateful when Jackson didn't reply. She made a quick glance towards Sam, who was watching her expectantly. Look, this has nothing to do with the stupid basketball game. She got up on her feet and started pacing the small room. I have always valued your opinion, Sam, and I always want you to tell me straight up if I'm acting like a jerk. She amended for Sam's sake. The thing is, she paused. How the heck was she supposed to tell them? She looked at her two friends. They were sitting silently, waiting for her to continue. Do not tell them. Jackson pressed firmly into her thoughts. Katie decided to ignore Jackson altogether. I, Lizzie, your grandmother's story is true. Katie said it in such a rush she wasn't sure if she sounded correctly. Katie felt Jackson leave. She felt the loss immediately. She had never felt. So alone as she did at that moment, she looked over at her friends, hoping they would help fill the void left behind. Her friends stood staring at her, as if they didn't quite understand what she had just blurted out. "You heard me, right?" Katie looked from one face to the other, finally unable to stand it. "Say something! I'm dying here." Lizzie and Sam exchanged puzzled glances. I'm not sure what you're saying, Lizzie explained hesitantly. Katie blew out an exasperated breath. You know the story about the tiger that was going to eat the baby. The mother of the baby tried to fight the tiger off with the rock. 
Katie trailed off, staring at her friends. You were there, sitting right next to me, when old Elizabeth Hawk recited it around the fire. Yeah, we know the story, Lizzie answered wearily. It's true. The story is true. Katie kept switching her head back and forth between her two friends, trying to gauge their reaction. She became frustrated when there didn't seem to be any. They were both looking at her, waiting for her to go on. Look, I know it sounds crazy, but I could turn into a great big white wolf, not a tiger. I was quite surprised about that, but maybe the story isn't completely true, or the story changed through the generations, except for the fact that when I dreamed about it, it was a tiger. She knew she was rambling, but didn't know how to stop herself. Katie can turn into a wolf, Sam said to Lizzie in a voice Katie knew well. She didn't believe what was said, but was willing to go along with it to smooth things over. Frustrated, Katie started to feel the heat rise from her belly, and for the first time, she didn't fight the sensation. She just let it flow into her limbs. In a split second, she changed, her eyes never leaving Sam's face. Sam first had a concerned look, then shock, followed immediately by horror. Her mouth looked as if she was saying, Oh, except the sound never left her lips. Ah! Katie turned towards the sound. She wasn't sure if Lizzie had jumped off the couch or fell. She was on the other side of the furniture. Only her forehead and eyes were visible. Katie's massive body took up the whole living room. She knew her friends were having heart attacks. She was quite surprised when she could just as calmly turn back into human form. Of course, she was naked and her clothes were completely destroyed. She left them to go to her room and get some fresh clothing. She took her time to let them get over their initial shock. Dressed, she waited as long as she could before slowly walking back into the living room. Both girls had not moved. She decided to give them a little more time. She walked over to her clothes, picking them up. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I ruined your t-shirt. Katie lifted the hot pink shirt. It was shredded so badly it was hard to tell what the words said anymore. She casually walked to the kitchen and dumped the clothes in the trash bin. If this keeps up, I'm going to have to get a whole new wardrobe, she said conversationally. Still, not a sound was made in the living room. She walked back and sat down on the couch, patiently waiting. The questions from her two friends were very hesitant at first. Katie told them how she had turned that first night and how she was unable to control it. Sam and Lizzie both agreed it would have been mortifying to go to school like that. As the shock wore off, the girls discussed everything they could possibly remember about the story old Elizabeth Hawk told. They had all come to the conclusion that they didn't know much at all except the basic details. Katie told them about her dreams, excluding Jackson. She didn't know why she kept it from her friends. She felt her friendship with Jackson was kind of, well, special. She didn't think her friends would understand. The three girls talked well into the night. They all came to the conclusion that they needed to do more research on the subject. 
Sam was a little concerned about the great evil that was supposed to threaten the sugary people. Since that seemed to encompass an infinite number of possibilities, there didn't seem to be anything they could do about it now. Lizzie and Sam stayed the whole weekend. Once Katie embraced being a wolf, she could control her changing much easier. She couldn't imagine staying away from school any more than she already had. She knew the amount of homework was going to be staggering. She also had missed a whole week of practice and a game. She shuddered at the thought of how her coach was going to react. Jackson continued to stay away. He didn't appear in her dreams either. Although her friends were there supporting her, she missed him. A couple of times she tried to reach out in her mind to contact him. All she received for her trouble was a resounding silence. It reminded her just how much she didn't know about him. She didn't even know if Jackson was his first or last name. She had no idea where he lived. She was pretty sure he was real, but then she only spoke to him in her dreams or her mind. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.